Moo and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. I am Brent Robinson, and with me today is Steve Pritchard. And as we ask every week, Steve, what are you drinking? Um, well, I've just finished race one, so I'm uh, on the soda water again. So uh, doing my best Matt DeFreitas impression, really. Um, who else have we got on tonight? Nate, what are you drinking? I'm just on water. It's only uh, four o'clock in the afternoon here, so a little bit awesome. too early. That's Nate Holm. With us also is Marianne De. Uh, let's see if I get it even close. Marianne De Vlaher. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm on a. Yeah, I I also just raced, so uh, I'm also on water, and I just finished my uh, my protein shake after this. So. Awesome. Also boring. Also... <laughs> it might be a lot of boring today. I'm afraid. We'll talk about exciting racing. With us also is Sean Fogenberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Yeah, it's earliest in the day for me. It's one o'clock. So uh I've I've got a uh grapefruit juice with grapefruit soda, lime, and salt. Sounds good. I am also on the boring water today because I'm in the office. I'm, I'm working I did right. Drink now. a lot of red wine last night. Um I feel like I feel like I kind of we've we've let down the spirit of the tron there. I did drink a lot <laughs> last night. That's any consolation. So very good. All right. Uh let's move on to Herds of Racing League. This was uh I can't remember which number this is in series four or three. Uh three. Three. Downtown Dolphin for 16 laps. Am I getting that right? 16? Yeah. yeah. So Steve and Mary Line raced. How did it go? Uh, it's brutal. I was saying to the guys beforehand, um, a, a race in which you set your, your 15 second and 20 minute best power for the season just, just tells you everything you need to know. It's... Um, it, it, it's just so many laps like it's just so depressing <laughs> um but no it was really good fun it's a really good race and uh yeah it's cool uh obviously Marilyn was in it as well um and vicky as well so yeah some good herd people out and uh yeah good really good fun um a certain type of fun but that's hard <laughs> Marilyn, you really enjoyed it though you, you did really well in one didn't you yeah and enjoyed it not not really but uh <laughs> yeah um it's more like on lap 12 thinking okay i'm really done and just get it over with and get to the finish as fast as possible and just forget about the race again and so downtown dolphin is that's one with the uphill cobble sprint that's the segment yeah. that we're going yeah. through and that's the only segment right it's just that one 16 times up that hill yeah 16 times sprint recover draft and sprint again the yeah. only positive I can say about this race is at least it's the good route at Crit City. The other way around, sixteen like sixteen laps of, of the other way around Crit City. I, I think I'd just get off the bike in, in protest halfway around. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, getting the bell lap is that uh, that that middle section is a lot tougher going up it than down it, and that really kills your legs. But um, I mean, I was watching the race a bit, and you know what. I could see the legs just tiring a lot of people after like halfway through because those sprints just catch up on you. Yeah. I mean, even, even when the group isn't going that fast, it's only about a 2k loop. 
so even if the group is really chilling in between, it's a sprint every four minutes instead of every three. Yeah, we, yeah. we were pretty chilled out in the second group of the Cs um, after about four laps, and we were still doing three-minute laps, which is, it, it's just, it just comes around really quick, doesn't it? And the trouble with kind of smaller fields as well is that like most and most people knowing the race are going for it so i did try i think on the fourth or fifth sprint just to tempo like a hard tempo up the climb rather than a sprint to try and sort of save myself to try and do really well in the sprint the next lap and that just got me dropped so um yeah you just got to go for it every lap there's no there's nowhere to hide yeah how was the the battle for the back before the segment that's always like the part that's a bit craziest right is you get kind of like to that one like right hand turn before you make the left hand and basically everyone stops pedaling and like four four or five people all drift to the back and everyone's doing about 40 watts and then all of a sudden one guy goes in the front and everybody goes okay now we gotta go and stay the wheel that's always like the game within the game right is who can get the furthest back before they actually stand still to speed up to go through yeah it, it was mostly steve and vicky and me that were doing this are not really standing still, but we were taking the back, and most of them weren't 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 playing with us. So uh, they just they didn't really sprint. Also, so it's uh, uh, we we had to wait after the sprint for the group to regroup. So it's the the group wasn't as big as the big as the A's and the B's. Also, so yeah. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Because I think on some of the sprints, they were like, oh, shit, we better keep up with these guys. They were sprinting. On another sprint, they were like, oh, maybe we'll catch these guys at the top. I, I can't I, I can't work out what half of the Cs are doing in that field. But, yeah, it was uh, um, – I'd like to say I was drifting back to, to tailgun that sprint segment. I was just like, – I learned last week, actually, like I'm just – I've not got the sprint at the moment in the Cs to to play any silly games. I'd like – if I if a tailgun and fuck it up, then – I'm out, <laughs> so I just I'd rather be at the front and and let the group come back to me than uh, and stay in the group um, than be too clever with it. But yeah, it was uh, it's I mean it's a nice it's a nice distance sprint as well. So what I guess the times are mostly around sort of 16, 17, 18 seconds. Um, I saw a scorekeeper did it in like twelve or something ridiculous. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I think the first time the ace catched our group, uh, they that was middle of the sprint segment so they they were crazy fast uh, wasn't wasn't hanging on it wasn't possible to hang on even uh marjoline i'm looking at at the uh your lift power and it looks like uh you've you've gotten back into hsrl after a break uh congratulations on on taking the uh the james bailey approach of torturing yourself in the thing that you're torturing everyone else with yeah, I, I have to try it. It's uh yeah. Can't can't get everyone to, to ride it if you don't do it. But uh, it's probably the last week I, I can fit it in schedule again. So uh I guess this is a bit of a preview, but next week is London Pretzel and then uh then there's a new season. Do we have an idea of what the what the next short season is going to look like? Um, it's it's again a four week season. Uh, I haven't made any kind of uh, schedule yet, so I uh, have to 
have to work on that mm -hmm. uh, a little more uh, next uh, next week. But um, we'll probably go with some ZMAP um, categories. I'm not sure where to put the boundaries yet. I have to go and try and figure that out. But uh, that will probably be the uh, the next uh, the next season. Cool. How do you feel? You the, um, how do you feel the the categorization by uh, compound score has been doing? It's it's been mixed uh, um, uh, mixed reactions from everyone. I think uh, it's um, some like it, uh, some like it a little bit less. Uh, probably also because some are doing better than others. Uh, placed some are placed a little bit higher than usual. Some are placed a little bit lower than usual in the categories. And uh, yeah, uh, I can't. Uh, it's it's a bit one of the limitations of the compound score. So uh, something I can't change. But um, for ZMAP, it would be the other way around probably. So the lighter riders will probably be a little bit higher because it's mostly on watts per kilo. Right. Um, what you can't see, people who are listening, Maradon's currently being attacked by a cat, um, which is which is vaguely yeah, hilarious. By, <laughs> by, by two cats. <laughs> I really like what you said in the chat earlier, Marilyn, about kind of your intent with this. That um, I how did you put it? That kind of you didn't want the same riders to be able to win on any course, and the the idea being that kind of certain courses would suit different riders or at least you'd have to try and race differently on different courses if we use these different systems so um yeah just so it's a really cool idea to see sort of playing with the categories to to favor things rather than it being the kind of I, I mean i found the same nate i don't know if you found the same when we were racing d's last season with the with the zwift scoring uh zwift categorization system that kind of we were just at the top and didn't really have to change how we were going to ride in those races yeah i agree I mean, again, that was really just for me uh, a taster series to get back up to it before I hit C. Um, I actually hit C on um, the, the Z map upgrade, and I'm still way below on my 20 minutes. I mean, my if you threw in a big climb right now um, at C, I would struggle. I mean, I coped okay at, uh, on Innsbruck, but um, I mean, it's good. It's good to be back up. It's good to be back up at C for sure, and it's. Uh, I think that, that first EMAC caught everyone out by surprise because Zwift actually forgot to announce it. So it was kind of surprise we're, we're doing it now. And then it kind of, they announced it, I think, two days later. So, but I think, as you know, it's going the right way. You know, things, you can change things up and make it interesting. There's so much that can be done, I guess. I mean, I 100% agree that it's not, like if you can change the category thresholds so that. Like aside from the toppy top of the A's, but there's nothing you can do about. Like everyone should be a little bit at the top, a little bit at the bottom, a little bit in the middle. Like that's the way it should be, right? I mean, you don't want if the same people can win everything. The categorization system's a little boring. Yeah, you'd want ideally you want uh, people who win to move up a category. Category, um, exactly. and I think that's what Swift is doing with our new uh, C points or, or what they aim to do. Um, but for now, we can yeah try to um, make a, a diverse 
uh, course schedule and, and try to, yeah, uh, have different riders in, in the same category that do better one week than another. And uh, yeah, encourage them to change their tactics and think about their tactics. So ne like next week, um, it's, it's a bit of a mixed course uh, with uh, two longer climbs or longer climbs, it, I think seven or eight minutes um, and two sprints. But there's a lot of flats in between. So I think it's for everyone. Uh, yeah, for the sprinters, it's it's a uh, their, their tactic should be to try and drop the the climbers before the climbs, um, and the climbers should try to hang on uh, to get to the climbs with the group. Yeah, that um, one's gonna every... be pretty brutal. It's uh, London Pretzel, fifty six kilometers or so. Uh, and yeah, both Fox and Box Hill. So, and those are both in the second half of the race. So that's, that's going to be a fun one. My legs are already, my legs are already hurting. Is it basically like up Box and right back and around up Fox? Uh, no. So you go out, you do Fox Hill, you come back, you do the mall sprint, then you go back out to Box Hill and do Box. Uh. Well, we'll talk more about that next. What'd you guys do for bikes on downtown Dolphins? Did you guys go full arrow or did you go trons or? I I actually forgot to change my bike, so I was still on the tron. Oh orange, really? You didn't orange show tron. Up as, you didn't pink, show up as being tron. on your tron. Huh? I was on a pink tron. I was also on a tron because I'm lazy and don't change my bike unless it's a TT. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's much use between Tron and a full arrow because of the hill and the cobbles on this one. Like, it's, it's awfully close. Yeah. Yeah, I was chatting with Chris about it beforehand as well, and I think at the level I'm at, the Tron is still one of the most aero bikes I can ride. Um, so, like, I, I haven't got the disc wheels yet. So, um, I think I can't remember where the Tron places um, on the on the Zwift Insider list, basically. So. And it's I'm lazy, basically but... like it, it, I mean, any of like anything from like the Scott felt bench with the discs will be more aero, but the Tron will be right behind those, but it's lighter. So, you know, when you go on uphill sprint, sometimes you know the weight balances it out a bit. I mean, I barely remember to have my shoes on half the time, so changing on bike before a race is though it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I God, I I just did the herd get like just as a brief as I had, I did the herd gallops ride on Tuesday morning, and somebody had like the same thing. Like I was like straight on the bike, like zero warm up, jump in, go with the ride. Literally had not like looked around my thing, and I get like five minutes in, I'm like, where's my fan to turn on? Fan was nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be found. <laughs> I just did the whole thing for an hour <laughs> with no fan. I was just the wettest mess ever. <laughs> anyway. Isn't that the whole Good. point of the coffee stop button? I suppose I totally forgot that was the thing. I <laughs> that assumes I could have found my fan in the, what, three minutes or whatever you get. <laughs> I actually used the coffee stop uh, today and I, I I liked it. Nice little group ride just to get me going again and uh, use the coffee stop and you know, it's the hardest thing. It was like you, you get off for those couple minutes, and you're like, "Oh, I gotta go again." 
yeah. Just like a real coffee stop. Yeah, except for everyone on stop, not just like <laughs> 50 riders just steaming away in front of you. <laughs> it, it, it's, fun, it's funny, though, when it first got released, the coffee stop, people were like uh, complaining that they did the coffee stop and he stopped. And uh, the question was, um, was there anyone else around you when you were actually initiated it? Because you need a group around you to pull you along. So people were using it, people were using it wrongly and uh, blaming Zwift that uh, that wasn't working. They'd hit it when they were just in the middle of nowhere and just stop. Yeah, basically, so basically, if you've got no one around you, you've got no one that's pulling you, so um, you'll just stop. It's it's, it's triggered by um, maintaining the power of the group around you. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. That's funny. All right, should we move on? Any other thoughts on HSRL aside from have fun, don't die? I'm ouch, it's gonna be a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on to HBR. Looks like one lap of finance. Yeah. 10.7 kilometers. 10.7K. There are two little um, bumps in it for a total of 77 uh, meters of climbing, but it's pretty flat. Um, There's the little mech aisle climb. Um, You do that twice but it's um, ten, about 10K around the um, Burakazi kind of flatlands. Um, should be a fairly quick race. And I think the most aero bike you've got is probably Ooh. the right choice for this one. I think it... I, I, mm. So I did this. I, I really like this course. We did half of it, I think, in um, a, uh, the Zwift Tiny Race series. And so the Mechar climbs up gravel. Yeah. And I went for a gravel bike because we were only racing, I think, 6K. Um, and we uh, we screwed it up slightly because actually we got like three of us got so far ahead of the group on the climb. And then we all sort of sat and looked at each other. Whereas if I think we if we'd have ridden tempo, the guys behind us wouldn't have caught us. So like uh, with the I uh, just looking at the route, the second climb looks like it's about nine Ks from uh, nine Ks in, so about a K from the finish. So oh, it might I don't know if a gravel bike or whether you just hurt too much on the flat, but you'll be so much quicker up that climb on a gravel bike. Yeah, I think everything between the first Mac Isle climb and the second Mac Isle climb is uh is, is flat uh, mm. without uh, the the extra rolling re- resistance from the gravel, so it's probably just a little bit too long to really hang on to the group. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I I think what you like you'd probably try and like dust them a bit, right? Like, wouldn't you try and push through them on the first climb, and then you know you kind of go like tempo threshold or whatever. Till they cut you and then try and hold on and then break them and hold it. But I don't know. It, I find even on that Mech Isle climb, holding that last kilometer from the top to the finish line is you got to really be steaming it even on the gravel bike to hold off the arrow guys. I don't think it's worth it. But I mean, try it, try it out, and we'll see, I guess. Yeah. All right. I think it's. Um... I think it's close. I don't, as, I, as I say, I think it's slightly too long um, to make it worth it. But yeah, it's 
I'd love somebody to try. I think the other part of it would be if you get a group, right? If you get six or eight of you to all ride gravel bikes so your group can be moving at pace and you guys can all agree to move at pace through the flats and stuff so that you gotta, you know, you can all move the same speed. But if it's just one of you and you're trying to like solo that thing, man, that's going to be tough with a big arrow group coming behind you. So, but yeah, for sure. Let us know in the comments. These, I mean, this is beginner racing. So like, if you're worried about it, I guess the advice would be just take the arrow bike, <laughs> take your bed. Like most of you are going to be new. Just take whatever you're, fastest road bike is don't worry about it all right that brings us to climbers gambit this is the first of our two two climb series yeah yeah so this one's on uh city in the skur and it the uh timed segments for this one is going to be a combination of your time on the skur summit north and then the skur summit south so the north is the first one um, that's on the lead-in where you will want to be on uh, probably the specialized crux or uh, another light gravel or cross bike um, with the gravel wheels because you will climb quite a bit faster. I've, uh, I think when this first was debuted, I rode it on the Tron uh, and it's about a 40 watt difference when you're going hard uh or at least it was for me that like people doing let's say 0. 0.4 0. 0.5 watts a kilo lower we're doing about the same time up that climb so that's definitely a uh gravel bike climb uh and then the shorter uh the shorter climb is second uh but that one you probably want to be on i would say maybe the, the tron or even an arrow what do you think on that second bike or on that yeah, second or, climb? Or even a, a TT bike. Yeah. It's yeah. not really steep. It's 1K at 3.3%. I think I think that the, the TT might be the right decision there. Yeah, like a Trail P5 with like MV7.8s. I think it's shallow enough that, I mean, maybe in the Ds you're going slow enough that the arrow or the the weight outweighs arrow but for 1k at three percent you're gonna be going on average fast enough that you might even want your arrow wheels yeah fair point i guess yeah i mean yeah i guess we should be clear for anyone who's not familiar with this format so it's it's no draft and the only thing that matters is your time through the segment so like you can just start on your gravel bike, let anyone ride whatever, and only start smashing when you get to the blue line that starts the climb. Smash over the top, pass out, get off your bike, die, whatever you need to do, change bikes, and then cruise around until you get to the bottom. Then, like you're, I think this is right. The, the route is just like up over the top, down either side, around the roundabout, then back up. Yeah. Yeah. So take all your time before you get to the bottom. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember. Chris is going to do something about. You know, there's some reasonableness test, but you know, don't don't you know take six hours to finish. But, <laughs> so I think uh, that the like I'm looking at at my times on here, and for and this is probably in in races with with a group, uh, but the difference in what you can do power wise when you're going all out versus what you're doing in a group. Um, 
my fastest time was or my times are kind of in that 218 range for about 3.3 3.4 watts a kilo um and that's at 28k ph so it's you're gonna be going pretty fast for if you can do and that's two minutes at three and a half ish um you're going fast enough that you can um that the arrow probably matters yeah, yeah this will be a fun one because it, fl it flattens out the top as well and the other way around so that's definitely been the key for that climb as well is that push at the top once it flattens out yeah there's there's about a 200 meter segment right near the beginning where it's between five and seven percent five and eight percent but from 300 meters to the to the end it's under five percent for most of it yeah especially as a pacing hint i think it's like when you hit that steep bit early you've got us unload right then then hold on once it levels out kind of by the there's like a spot with the cows and the sheds and it kind of that's when it starts to flatten off and it's from there to the end it's just try and hold as high as you can but you got to smash that steep bit at the start and it, it even helps to um make sure you're um going at speed uh, if you start a segment because um you'll go around the roundabout and you have a few hundred meters to get to speed uh i think we've done this in in uh, zrl um in the finals and it was one of the races where i changed changed bikes and uh i got one of the fastest times with uh um uh, on a on a normal road bike uh changed from the gravel bike and I got a I got a lot of uh, a lot of extra time um, just because I was going really fast at the start and and made made a lot of speed there, and you can keep it keep it up uh, really good after that. That's a super good tip. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited about. I'm I am going to be out of town this weekend, so I won't be able to ride it. But I, I'm really excited about these uh, multi climb uh climbers gambits hopefully it works out as expected yeah we should i i think like we're one of the ones we'll be talking about next coming up soon is stampede but stampede's on pause this week because we want everyone to get in there and ride these climbers gambits we want to see how these dual times will work out we want to see how it all shakes out so everybody get in and ride some climbers gambit that it's a pretty short ride overall. I guess the other tip for people who don't know, ride to the finish line. Don't your time only matters at the top of that second climb, but then do finish the race. If you don't finish your time, will get recorded. So you gotta, you gotta get to the bottom or I don't actually know where the finish line's going to be, but watch for the blue banner right through it till the times come up. Yeah. I think it's going to be about six K, uh, which is going to be probably a couple hundred meters beyond the, the top of the climb. Yeah. So good job, Chris, organizing that. And we hope to see everybody out. Uh, that brings us to Mountain Goats. Which is uh, one and a half laps of Greatest London Loop, uh, which means you will be doing uh, the loop out. You go up Leith Hill, uh, come back down, and I'm guessing it ends on the summit of the second ascent of Leith Hill. That's how I interpreted that as well. Which will be... 
what is that, 26, 30, it's about 37K. With a lot of Surrey climbing up the terrible parts of Surrey. When's that, when's that get changed over? Because like, Companion right now is showing uh, Mighty Metropolitan. It, Whatever, Matt, push the button. Yeah. <laughs> was, that, was that last week? It was. Yeah. Yeah, so probably climbing bikes. I mean, I know it's cold, but there's a lot of flat in this one. Like, that might be a Toronter. Yeah, Tron is usually a good a good bike for uh for London uh, with uh with uh, Keith and Lead Hill. Yeah. yeah, well, with Greatest London Loop, like there's a lot of the city parts. Yeah, that you're just gonna have to sit in a group on. So you don't I guess the next energy. Yeah, I guess and the it's question only is the, the the time part that is really steep. The rest isn't as as steep as the the real segments. I guess the question is. How these? I, I haven't done a uh, mountain goats race in a while, so I don't know how they've been getting raced. I think it kind of depends on what you expect your race to look like. But if you expect your race to only really be raced on the climbs, then take a climbing bike because it's not that difficult to sit in a group that's just noodling until they get to a climb. Yeah, the mountain goats is a scratch, so it's it's just first it's just first to the finish line at the top of that hill. Yeah. So the segments isn't really relevant. If you can shake guys in the flats and beat them up the climb, but I think realistically, it's all coast till we get to the climbs, and then they'll go. So. And mountain goats is no draft as well, right? No, oh, it's full draft. It's it's like it's like a race. Oh, there's draft on mountain goats. Yep. All right, and then oh yeah, so we just do stampedes on pause for two weeks. Get everyone do climbers gambit, and then we'll bring it back and we'll talk more about the routes coming up next week once we get it all sorted. And then just in case you didn't have enough fun in uh, HSRL this week, Bullseye is also on Downtown Dolphin. Oh, a bit shorter probably. Yeah, only, well, six, laps. only six laps. And yeah. but but. 12 sprints because it's also at the banner. So it is both the the sprint and the, like that's going to be a sprint every minute and a half for that's that's going to hurt. Yeah. This this so bullseye is interesting isn't it because it's first through the segment. Mhm. Mm so first actually the there's like the the banner attack almost is is probably worthwhile in this where you if you can basically banner attack up the climb and then just try and hold it all the way to the end of the lap. Um, so it's it's it, that's that's going to be about a minute and a half working really hard, and a minute and a half of not working really hard. I've I've had some battles on Bullseye on that course. It's uh, I remember yeah. actually when I, when I was fit like two years ago, uh, I, I managed to be I managed to be Origin on that course. So I was when he was still a C. Oh, so wow, I, that's impressive. But the reason why it was only. Um, the banner and I, I kept attacking them before the banner. So it was like just playing kind of cat and dog, cat and mouse of uh, who was going to attack. And I was attacking like way out. So it was just using that kind of that hill and then uh, down, down the hill and then around the corner. I mean, I was getting it by, I was getting it by millimeters, but I got enough just to, 
to catch him off, but it was an effort. And it was sorry, it was just at the fin like the lap banner one at the bottom of the hill. So you were tagging on the hill and then holding it all the way to the lap banner? Um no, I was like tacking like halfway down the hill, but I was basically it was like okay. with hitting that lap banner, it was like just going like halfway down and just seeing if I could maintain it because again, obviously that course you can kind of catch people off by just relaxing after that hill and you know, if you if you challenge them up the hill, the first hill, the prime, and then uh, challenge them to the lap, it can be get quite tiring. Yeah, it's um, I, I've done I've done this race with the two sprints in it, and it is relentless. You definitely have to a little bit like plan your efforts. Like you can't quite try to win all eleven of them. It's like it just doesn't quite work out for you. <laughs> so, um, the other option, and this is. This one kind of requires you to be strong, but uh, isn't just doing a banner attack, but just trying to attack and stay away. Um, if you can get a gap, this is one of those things where that second group might just let you go. Because if you can hold, it's only six laps, right? So if you can, if you can do a like essentially FTP test, off the front, that group behind is still kicking each other to get second through those sprints and isn't going to want to chase. So if you're more of a, a threshold type rider, that might be a good um, a good approach here. It's getting that gap though that'll be difficult. Yeah, that's that's the that's what I've always found when I've tried is you just can't get like far enough away from the sprint thing that they don't sprint back onto your wheel before like. You just can't, like, you need, like, two minutes, but it's only, like, 90 seconds, and they keep, like, sprinting back onto your wheel, and you're like, gosh darn it. So. Yeah, I guess, I guess the kind of, the, the finish line sprint banner attack would be the best place to do that, because that's probably the biggest kind of gap until the next effort. But yeah, I've got no interest in doing that. I've, I've seen enough of that particular course. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember. I just remember back to our days, Steve, uh, when we're all kind of new to Zwift and like the pandemic, and uh, Bullseye was our kind of thing. I mean, Brent was there for a while before he went up to B. Um, but Bullseye was huge. I mean, it's getting. I think it's getting big again. But like Bullseye, really was the there was huge feels during COVID, and that was always tiring because again, one lap you were like you got it spot on, and then the next lap you you were like ten places back and. Again, as you found out today, Stephen, it's it's all. I mean, that's what kills you. It's like you when there's like these banner attacks or whatever, you you have one bad lap, you instantly can lose ten points on a lap. And with the bigger fields, you just get you get more chaos on the course. So I remember um one race, one bullseye on this where someone just managed to hold the group ahead of us and effectively did that. Um and then I got I hung on to another group and caught up to them, and you're kind of constantly toing and froing, just trying to stay stay in the wheels to like be around. Especially if you get like a big B and C group and they come together, you get just chaos everywhere. You can't tell who you're racing against; it's just bodies everywhere. <laughs> Good. Well, that I think is the week in Zwift racing. Hope everybody has fun with their races. We'll move to around the horn, and as Zwift continues to roll out new 
features, I guess, I think they must be rolling out in the summer so they get all the wrinkles unleashed to really put the push on for the fall and winter. But they haven't released a new feature, which is Climb Portals, which I'll probably do a terrible job describing. But essentially, you select some Climb Portal. It then takes you to some spot in either France or Watopia. And then you ride onto some rainbow-colored ribbon that the colors reflect the effort of the climb, but then the grades that you're riding up reflect real-life climbs. Primarily, I think they're all from Tour de France stuff, right? Like Col de Tourmalat and some other names that I'll butcher if I try to speak French, even though I kind of sort of can. But um, yeah, I, I guess nobody's tried, right? Here. I'm I'm considering so I I didn't I think yeah Marilyn said that you were gonna try one yeah but then everything connect disconnected after my race so I uh, I didn't get to the portal um have you have you all seen what they look like yeah I, I've seen screenshots now of it so it looks interesting I watched the GP Lama video. Of like the preview or whatever. What everybody yeah, think? It's good to put stuff on Instagram as well. So, like it. It's I mean, probably the most gamey I've seen Swift look, and I even if you include New York with the kind of like futuristic glass roads, it's like it's quite gamey and quite almost that sort of workout gamey as well. So, um, yeah, it looks it looks neat. Yeah, I mean. I think I th I think like I'm going to try it, but it's probably something. If I've done one one of those climbs, I'm I'm done with it because there's, yeah, it's it looks really boring to ride. I'm and then you probably so. going to try and do each of the climbs at like once, and maybe so. I'm actually. Some of this is this is something that I I actually enjoy doing workouts on climbs. And I have found that there is a, a disappointing lack of climbs in the like 10 to 20 minute range. So if you want to do like a three by 15 threshold workout, like there's there's no climb that you can do repeats on to do that. And a couple of these climbs are like, you know, four and a half K at 6% might actually be somewhere in that 15 minute range. Um, so it might be a good, a good thing for kind of getting um, some good repeats in as a workout, but. Will it like, will like, Will you be able to like go to the top and then like select another one and it goes around or like what happens when you get to the top? Like I haven't seen that. I think you come back down. <laughs> oh. yeah. Okay. yeah, there's always I th I think there's always just one of the climbs in every portal. So um, there's a portal in France and there's a portal in Watopia, and each of them has a different climb and it's they they have a rotation schedule. Yeah, um, I've been having a hard time assessing what the <clears throat> what the like schedule looks like and I, I couldn't find a schedule and I couldn't tell whether you actually choose which ones you are like which which climb you're you're doing or whether it's just like this climb is the one that's in this portal this day 
I think that's what it is. I think, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to read a little bit now, and I think it's, you know, it's each portal has a different one and it's just going to rotate. So, again, I'm guessing, again, there'll be like, there's eight climbs, it's probably going to be four and four. Um, I know the France one is only a, is a short one right now. I was talking to James and he was saying it's like the the two the two K one, so it's probably it's called the Tourmalet, isn't it? So it's probably the Tourmalet. is the one is the one in Volcano, but then if you go to the one in France, I think oh. it's the Cote de Pike, which is two K at ten percent. Cote de Pique. Yeah. See again, I'm I, I'm I I I didn't do well at French, so. Uh, that one's actually Basque. So that one's the the stage one um, that for the tour tomorrow. Uh, that's like the it's not the finishing climb, but it's the climb that's about ten k from the finish on tomorrow's stage. In Spain. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's in Bilbao. Okay. So I'm not I'm not gonna butch I'm not gonna butcher these names, but it looks as though the climb differences are three point four k at five point eight. 4.46%. Hold the Aspen, which is 12k at 6, 6.5. That's quite a popular one. You see that in the tour a lot. 10.5 uh, at 8%. 2 .6 at 8, 8 .6, 2, 2 at 10. 7.1 at 8.4. And 16.9 16 at 7.4 is the call to So, I mean, for the, as you kind of nailed it, and even Steve said it, so Sean said it, and then even Steve. If you want to do a workout on a climb, you've got a you've got a variety now that you can kind of hit and change up. I mean, yes, they got climbs in the game already, but um, if you're purely going for that workout, and again, I like that color idea that um, you know the gradient what you're on, and it's going to kind of okay. This is where I'm hammering. This is where I'm easing off. You know, what, you can design your own workout even further through that. Then. I think it's going to be a good challenge. I don't think I, I don't think I need all that scenery around me because I mean, I think we talked about talked about this when you're on vent top for two hours, you're not really paying attention to the scenery around you. You're you're focused on the road. I mean, maybe they could have done a little bit better job with the road road effect itself, um, and had a bit more character to the road, but. That's what I'm focused on is what's ahead of me, what gradient's coming up. No, oh, there's a there's a pretty uh, house over there, and that's definitely not my mindset when I'm halfway up a climb. As uh, Sean knows too well, when I blew apart in uh, the Herd uh, Championship two years ago on uh, Ventop, the last thing I was worrying about was what scenery was around me. I mean, any, I mean. Any uh, any different options of things to do in Zwift that will give you like some different challenge, some different a bit of novelty to change up like what ultimately results do I ride on this thing and it gives me some varying degree of resistance is a good thing. Like there's no real downside to it. I, I don't know how much time I'll be spending on these myself. It's not really what I do Zwift for, but I can definitely see myself getting one each and see what I can do with and maybe like come back a year later and trying to be a little faster next year. I am That's interested kind of in in whether these will be raceable. Uh, yeah, I think I saw uh, um, some comments of James um, saying that he hopes they will be raceable also. Uh, they probably will. 
let's not yet right no. well 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 that's the reason why they that's why the reason why they created them is for the e um the fam of x swift or whatever that is the women series they're going to be racing on that so they're going to be having holding stages uh at least on the esports level of uh for some sort of group to challenge them so it's going to be like doing a combination of climbs but um no, definitely be interesting to see them once that debuts and how it goes for that. Um, but it looks as though, again, it might even be, I'm on Zwift Insider, and it might just be one climb per day. So it doesn't matter if you go to Watobia or France, there's a calendar that Zwift Insider has posted, and it's only the code to PK for the first couple of days. Um, so that's until Monday. Cold to Aspen then comes in Tuesday. So the tourmalade is actually not until the end of the month. Which again, kind of makes sense of having... I don't know. Because France is obviously not going to be available every day. But I would thought when France is available, then there would be a secondary climb. Yeah, but um, um, the, the French one was in my... Uh, yeah, for you part on on if you start Swift, uh, I could go directly to the French one today. Even though yeah. it wasn't uh, wasn't in the rotation for worlds. Yeah, I think that that because this is now an option, I think that like there's a challenge screen where you'll where you'll be able to just choose like I want to go do this climb portal, um, in France. Yeah, but it looks at looks as though it's going to be four days per climb over the month of July. Um, one climb per day. So if you miss it, then there's a, there's no favorite uh, redos at the moment. Hmm. I always see those posts. It's like, oh, when is, when is there going to be a re redo? I missed stage three. Whatever. It looks as though it's straight on a solid schedule of four days. So... If you want to, if you want to challenge yourself on that ten uh, percent climb, you got until Monday to do so. But I and mean, they'll be. They'll, I mean, this is the schedule for this challenge or whatever. But I can't believe they built all these and they're all going to be gone in a month. No, they're not going to be. They're not going to be gone. But again, it's, it kind of looks like on Swiss format that you're going to do them by their schedule. So. Yes. At least, to be, at least to begin with. So they're test, they're testing out the portal, they're testing out the roads, and it's um, you're not going to have that option. So again, if you get up the climb portal by next weekend, then you'll already miss two climbs. So uh, I was considering perhaps doing one of them after uh, HSRL today, which we'll see how I feel, but. Uh, the the Cote de Pique is is the shorter one. Um, it's only you know a couple k. The difficulty of that is that the second half of the so it's actually the first half of the climb is about five percent, and it averages ten for the whole climb. That second <laughs> half, the second half is about thirteen, uh, thirteen plus percent. Nice. Yeah. That's um, what's the um, the, the radio tower? What's that steepness? 15, 16? 
<laughs> it's it's gonna be like the radio tower, yeah. Yeah. because uh, that 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 seems to take forever, especially after you've gone off uh epic. Right. The upside of this is you won't have to do a twenty plus minute climb first. I guess the other thing for us to talk about is racing score, because um, that was something that was announced in the week, wasn't it? Um, so this is this scale that's come out based on a bit like the, the Zwift Insider race ranking. Um, so based on your finishing position in races and some maths, they count uh, based on the, the quality of the race, number of riders, hardness of the, the race, they, they give you a ranking. And the uh, talk that this may be the new way of categorizing people in Zwift for races, which will be interesting. Um, it's uh, we we were chatting about it. I was going to say offline, but it's still online. But not 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 live on a podcast. Um, it kind of neglects the types of racing we do a lot in the herd, doesn't it? So actually, races where you win by not necessarily finishing first in the in the race, but by doing something else. Um, at the moment, I'm ranked higher than Nate, which is clearly ridiculous, as we saw when we put <laughs> each other on on the volcano. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's interesting that they're trying that, but I think uh, a few a few interesting challenges it'll throw up. It's very much designed at kind of scratch racing rather than any kind of other type of racing, isn't it? For now, at least, um, and I think that they're they're really only going to be using the Z Racing series uh, to kind of update those rankings um for the time being at least i think that this is a kind of preliminary they one of the things that i like about what zwift has been doing recently is that instead of they're they're taking they're moving more to the like google approach right of like get something out there and then refine it uh downside is we haven't seen a lot of refinement of a lot of the things yet right like when, when the France map first came out, it was like, oh, this has so much, you know, opportunity for expansion and then nothing ever got added. Um, I'm Fuji. But, yeah, Fuji's coming soon, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, the updated pack dynamics, really excited about that. But they've been, you know, putting it out there and then refining and testing and, uh, put like doing the testing with feedback from the community and giving James more work, um, which is great. Um, I am personally really excited that this is the approach that they are moving toward. I have a lot of, you know, methodology concerns about exactly how they're doing it because there's a difference between what they're doing, which is essentially a rescaling of um of the Zwift Zwift power ranking score. Um you know the the methodology here is really you're getting you're getting a score rather than trying to accurately rank how strong you are. Um, so the Zwift racing app uh ranking is more of a ranking score. Um, and I think they really just need to refine whether they want this to be something that is a an estimate of how strong you are, which should be used, which which I believe should be used in assigning you to a category to who you're racing against versus a score that you accumulate for doing well in things. 
because if you you can get a high score by just racing a lot and doing like occasionally getting a good result that puts you in a category that is above where you should potentially actually be racing. Um, personal personal opinion, but uh, just you know, methodologically, I think that that using the score to uh, rank you isn't necessarily the the right approach. Um, but I think it's, but I think it is better than anything we use now. So, yeah. And I think Steve as well, like you've been doing a lot of the tiny races. Uh, so that would have bumped up your ranking over mine. So that yeah, they tend to be some sort of bigger fields and things like that. I mean, this is where it's a bit, it is a bit of an odd one. Like I haven't got, if I look at tonight's herd race, which is my best 20 minute power for a while, um, I've got 350 points on Swift Insider, and I have that. That's the most points I've got, um, or least points. I think the way Swift Insider works, um, in a herd race for a while. But, there's, but if I look at the tiny races, they're like 320, 330, 320 for each one. So, um, in theory, harder races. Um, but the reality was I, I didn't work as hard in those as I did tonight because i'm i'm racing kind of much stronger people um so yeah i think it's with all these things there's a bit of a balance isn't there we know we know wherever you draw a category going back to where we started with category um boundaries wherever you draw a boundary there will be some people who are at the top of the boundary and then game the system to make sure that they stay at the top close to that boundary but just below it um so that they can win easily um yeah so not to name any names, but once the uh, once the ratings we can, we can showed know. It's up, Chris Greenland, isn't it? Chris Greenland. <laughs> about that. Uh, once the uh, ratings showed up, there were definitely some people who were very upset about how highly rated they were, even though even though I'm really a D, um, you know, getting getting ranked up in the Bs or uh, because of some. And this is this is this gets back to kind of my point was rankings wise, yeah, he that that person probably should be ranked lower, probably not with the D's, but like in the C's. Score wise, the the approach that he was taking for racing does bump his score rating up pretty high. Um, yeah, the, the the problem with this, especially with tiny races, because you do four races and you get a rank for each of them. You could, in theory, set almost your entire score with those four races. Yeah, it's it's five races total, I think. Your best five scores or something. But yeah, four, four races in tiny races helps a lot with that. And also tiny races inflate the, uh, the scores, really, because there's such a strong field each week. So doing those just really helps your uh, yeah, my, improve, my, improve your score. My ranking is entirely from tiny races on Swift Insider. That, yeah. So and that's um it's a big field which gives the race a, a better score value. Um so which helps. But I think it's it you want it a bit like um I'm thinking about like wheelchair basketball or something like that where you you want some kind of ranking that's based on ability <laughs> as well as um 
uh, how well you race. So some kind of combination of like score you accumulate by being smart at Swift and racing well and beating people, but also kind of underlying that, like if you're 20 minute, ftp is this or if you're not using 20 minute ftp but if your kind of measure of fitness is this value they're not going to put you with someone who's got like double the measure of fitness value but isn't quite as smart as swift because they they should beat you every time so yeah they i think i, I like that they're trying i like I, I think they kind of this sounds like swift listening and saying that we know kind of 20 minute power isn't great and they're moving away from that um and then moving towards more ranking-based systems, I think, as we say, the reality is people will gain whatever system you have, so there will always be outliers. But anything that makes kind of, I think both the racing, I think it's for me, it's things that bring the categories closer together. So then I think you get better fields because everyone feel, everyone in a race feels like they've got a chance of finishing near the front. Whereas at the moment, like I remember when I went up to B and the category felt huge. I was used to doing okay in the Cs and not really winning that often in the Cs because there were a lot of good Cs around at the time, including Marialine. And I went up to Bs and I'm being shelled in the first K. And it's like, it's such a golf that it, it just felt impossible and it's a bit um, dispiriting. Um, so yeah, anything that makes that kind of that jump between categories narrower, uh, I think I'm a big fan of. I, mean, I think what's going to be interesting is is where do they take the cutoff? Like where do where do Zwift set the standard of this is going to be group one, this is going to be group two, this is going to be group three, and how many categories you go to? Because um, the dirt series, which again they're doing it over the summer, the Tuesday still the dirts they're doing a summer series of champions and now just individual races. Um, they've redone the. For season three, I think they're now in. They've redone their rankings for the Zwift Racing app, and they've got rid of like gold one, gold two, silver three, or whatever, and they've now gone to just pure on categories. Um, but the thing with that is that you've got smaller fields, so Dirt can do that because they have a big enough field. But you still probably get to a point where you've got categories probably near the top that there's only a few riders in it. And again, categories at the bottom where there's so many in it. So there's definitely going to be, I think, um, experimenting with the boundaries of, okay, where are people going to fall? Because obviously you've got scale with up to a thousand, but how many people are going to be in that 900 and above? What's the mean score going to be of where's your biggest group? And therefore, what's separating them? Yeah. And, so, in theory, they can they can change the the boundaries each for each race. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess the dream, and this is this is what happens in a lot of. I I I feel like I'm shitting on Zwift every time I do this, but you know, in real games, <laughs> uh, when you when you join a a competition in in one of these like an online game, uh, you don't join in a category you join and it m matches you against you know it, it it does the matchmaking for you uh so like i guess the dream is eventually we get to a point where you join a race and you don't know what category you're in you just join and you get put against people that are approximately the same strength and hopefully there are enough other people to make that fun 
Um, and then, you know, maybe you see the results later and realize, okay, that was a B race. Um, but yeah, that, that, that functionality is already in Swift Racing app. Mm -hmm. um, they did some test races with it. I haven't joined them, so I'm I'm not sure how they worked, but um, there there is something to to do this, but it isn't integrated in Swift. Yeah, um, even the um, Swift Classics did that a couple summers ago um, when they were trying their like AutoCAT system. Um, so, like all of these things, I'm really excited that they're working on it. Um, there are, I think that that a lot of these things kind of work together to to get where we want to go. Like the pack dynamics, if that works well, then you know the lower rated people might be able to hang on to a group for longer because the draft is stronger. Um, reducing the number of races, um, like there's been an initiative to reduce the number of races, which might mean bigger fields across more races. Um, and then I like, I don't know how, like whether they're even working on it, but I mean, as we move into the fall and winter, there are going to be more and more people racing. Um, but just getting more new people racing is, is another, um, another piece of this that would make, would make it better if, if, uh, we can get this auto matchmaking um, racing going, but yeah, just my but several cents. But I think it's not until I've heard it's not until fall that this is going to actually start taking effect that you'll actually be grouped. So they're going to be testing over the summer while it's going to quiet. Yeah, and then and then there'll be entry level. But I mean, what was them? Um, because I kind of lost touch last year um, with my kind of time off the bike, but. What 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 did Zwift uh, ZRL trying to call call their new AutoCAT? Like they had like a score that everyone was getting all hyped up about, and then it never happened because they the just S couldn't. SB the segment battle points score SBP I think was their like it was gonna like rate for ZRL and we we're supposed to like match up and stuff like yeah first against first yeah, yeah yeah for sure and, so and they just couldn't get it. they just couldn't get it they tried and tested it and just basically decided that they didn't have the capability to, to make it work. Um, which again is a smart move that they pulled it because, but there was another score as well though. There was the sex, there was the segment battle points, but before that, like I think in season one, there was like a ACC score or something that, which was to, to, to define you of what your cat score was going to be. So it wasn't going to be purely on your cat. There was going to be, Oh no, it was, it was this, segment battle points but it was like there's another like score that was your it was your acc score that was going to set where your yeah. rank was to get in your segment battle points yeah so it wasn't purely yeah, they, it wasn't... they also said something like i think in in season one uh that they had their own categorization system but uh basically it was just swift power well, they've always they've always said that they, it's yeah. it's about the same, but it's a little bit different. So you don't know where it is, so you can't cheat so much. <laughs> yeah, and in the end, everyone is in the same category. So did, did by by the end of season three, did they get segment battle points in there or no? No, no it never I think it's just it, it's really hard for them, right? Isn't it? So the idea was that you'd rank 
the six riders one to six and then you do that for every team and rider one would take on rider one from team a versus team b versus team c versus team d yeah you could have what was up to 12 people on your roster so you've then got to be ranking that based on who's entered every week which would change and could be different so i think there's some quite difficult maths there but i kind of agree with what was said earlier by sean actually is this the dream would be that you don't enter a category you enter a race and as a race organizer you say right we want the minimum group size to be let's say 10 riders and then swift does some clever maths and goes right we've got 100 people enter this so actually we think if we put these 10 together they're really neatly matched these 37 together they're really neatly matched there's another group here that really matched and you have four really well matched races and that may mean some weeks you're you're the hammer (laughs) and other weeks you're the nail but it's um like you, you just know that you're going to be with rough, roughly competitive races that you're in. So, yeah, I, I think that especially the fact that they're already foreshadowing like all these e racing is counting for now. And I know they say it's because they can't quite deal with points and all the rest, but I think it's more about they want to start conditioning us to be like, if you want to like have things be official, you got to do the officials with things because they can control how the data gets generated and what the inputs are going to be, right? If they have like all of us community guys doing all our wacky bits with all our different races and all the different results, they can't, you know, control the input to the algorithms to where the rankings are. So it's like, listen, you want the rankings to be good? You want to race against people who are similar to you? Here are the races that we can control what that data all looks like on the input end. Then we can know that the rankings are good and then we can say that the rankings are good for these races. And that's all in the Zwift racing neighborhoods. And, you know, you community guys can go do your wacky stuff and that's all good. But you want to do like the official controlled Zwift product, this is where it is. And I, I yeah. think they're starting to like condition us for that world. Yeah, and they're yeah. taking their results from directly from Zwift, so not from Zwift Power. The the categories are similar yeah. to the Zwift Power categories, but the, the results they're using are the results you see in the companion app. Well and they over are... there over there they don't have any uh possibility to do points races or anything other than scratch races. Yeah, I think they're pretty clear that the, like the, your category isn't about your race rank at all. It's just like how we place you in a thing for you to go race. It's totally separated from the result racing score. It's not even like linked. Right. The, the hope I would hold out, right? So we've seen um, like suddenly a time trial series has appeared onto it. Um, thanks to James Bailey. Um, then suddenly a hill climb series has appeared on Swift. But again, thanks to James Bailey. So kind of I think I, I suspect behind the scenes, you know, we know James was really keen on that points-based categorization. That was the kind of uh, not categorization, points-based racing. So that was the the high the the herd racing league in variety of formats has always been kind of like a bit mixture of the two, hasn't it? So yeah, fingers crossed, James is is equally pushing like out Swift to to try and get points based racing in there. So I would bet that he is pushing them hard, but that for points based racing to be added, I would guess that this is something that is a longer term project because ideally you have the points visible in game as you go. Um like our our bodge of like you, you just keep track of what you're doing and pay attention at the end and like it works for us, but I don't think if that's an official race type 
that that's good enough for the game. Um, it's it's only a race type in Swift Power and not on Swift yeah. itself. So I think that there is something that like I wouldn't be surprised if he's pushing for it, and if it is a priority for them, that that's the way that it's going to be rolled out is as a like actual new race type where there is something visible in game. And one thing is still quite interesting was like I was watching the race earlier and you still see the comments of people join the race and then they realize it's not the race that they have because they don't read the description. And you get it week in, week out that you get that um what kind of race is this? Like they're asking questions like what's FTS? Like what were we racing to? Um so while ZRL does a concept similar, it's not purely on that because they have the point system of the finishing rather than, than just the single points. It's still a race to the finish in, um, in terms of that and the team situation. But on, a, on an individual situation, it's still a, a strange concept because like TFC does something, but so their, their format's like different. Um dirt like pick what laps that you do the segments on and it's not like every lap on a short course you're doing a segment which gets confusing and this is where i can go at sean that there are times where swift needs to think more like a game so i if i play a racing game or like first person shoot game online there will be very clear what type of game i'm going to enter like it will be this type of battle you're going to be this type of race you're allowed these power-ups like the, it'll be really clearly advertised when i joined in um and i think that's where kind of again long term I, I really hope they get that sorted out you'd be like right this is a it's clearly bad like points race it's clearly bad like gc race or scratch race or whatever so yeah but i think I, I overall just really positive news isn't it as you said we could see them trying things we can see pack dynamics working we can see them thinking about like different categorizations for racing which it's all trying to make it more fun more equitable more enjoyable so yeah good good news i think was at the end of that long and uh, no wandering conversation yeah i think i think that's a good note to say that we're you know excited for what Swift is going to bring as we get through the summer here. They're continuing to do a good job. And I think that brings us to the end of Around the Horn. It brings us to the end of this episode of The Pink Trons. We will say thank you to Sean Fogenberg. Thank you to Nate Holm. Thank you to Marilyn DeVleger. Thank you to Steve Pritchard. Thank you to everyone for listening. Enjoy your races, everybody. Boo and good night. Thanks. Good night.